That's the phone, dude. Hello? Hello? Oh, okay, yeah. I hear you. You hear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all here? Yeah, yeah. We, we is we is all here. We's all here. We. See, that that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty. Got it going on. Uh huh. Well, I won't hold you up any longer with the pleasantries. I know y'all pretty. Mm. Very much, very much. Mama Bell got on her uh, her Christmas attire. She said, I didn't wait it long enough. I'm going to go ahead and put it on. Isn't that the truth? That's right. Uh, you got uh-huh. it. Got it. Yeah. She got on all her Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably got her Christmas hymns all dusted off and ready to go. I'm... I'm I look forward to your pieces this Christmas. All right. <laughs> well, we can go ahead and begin with our personal moments of prayer. And uh, we'll handle that. And then Mama Bell... If you want to go and tickle the ivories. Okay. Afterwards. Oh, afterwards. All right. Okay. After. We just go just for a few minutes. I'll give you some time to get yours out, your prayers in. Okay. And then we'll tickle the ivories. All right. Maybe put a grandmama corporate prayer in there too between you and tickling the ivories. Okay, we just just say go for a good Well, you ready? We'll let grandmama pray and then you can go. Okay, that's good. Most gracious and all wise Father, we just thank you this morning. We come to say thank you. Emmanuel, you with us, God, and we can trust you in every situation. God, we just thank you because, God, you see it all and you know it all and you hear it all. And we thank you this morning. We just praise your holy and righteous name. You say honor thy name. Be glor- glorify you. And, God, we just want to say joy, joy, joy this morning because you have been with us. You love us so much. You care so much for us. And we just want to give you thanks this morning. We just going to praise you and realize how much you love us. Oh, God, you love us so much, God, that you, oh, God, you are there with us. We don't have to worry because you, wherever we are, you are right there with us. And you're there to take care of us. And we just want to tell you this morning, thank you. 
Thank you this morning for all things. Oh, God, for keeping the food on our tables. Thank you for keeping shoes on our feet. Thank you, dear God, for closing us and healing us and, oh, God, making us whole. We just thank you this morning. We just thank you, thank you, thank you. We praise you this morning. God, we love you. We love you, and we just give you all the glory this morning, all the praises, all the honor, God. We just said thank you. And, God, we just said thank you. And, God, be with us. And we know you're going to be with us as we travel along this way. Nothing going to come upon us that you won't work it out for us. And we just said thank you. And we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. John. Oh, amen, Pastor. John, chapter 3, verse 16. For God... 
so loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, I would like to ask for a question. Please explain this to me. Please explain this to me. To, to really think about this piece of business as we thank our Father and Creator for this wonderful opportunity to, to share in this his case that we are spiritual jurors can without shadow of a doubt hear what it is he is saying unto us. To think about this as we prepare for the Christmas season, a time to show our gratitude, we do do this. And our Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this next opportunity to celebrate your your coming into this world. And we ask for a great Christmas season and most importantly a true understanding of this Christmas season and all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy Amen 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 The reason why I asked to explain this text to me it may seem like one of my very long-winded conversations, but it's really not. It's pretty simple. I'm confused. As a matter of fact, I believe that the world by which we know is confused. We are a confused society as it pertains to those four letters, those one little word. It's a very powerful word. It's used all over the world and various cognitations is always thrown out in some way or another, but it's still confusing nonetheless. Love is very confusing. And many of us, believe it or not, believe that we understand it. But it's based upon the products of our environment. Love is literally defined by your environment. There's some in this world who believe that a hardcore drunk that smacks you around and knocks one or two teeth out that you have to get the dentist to put back in. That's love. Some folk believe that a person who pays all your bills and makes sure you have a roof over your head and clothes on your back but yet verbally mistreats you. That's love. Some folk believe that love is just being present. I'm, I'm sitting here, ain't I? That's love. Love has been very confusing. It's one that I have personally never really took an opportunity to, to really appreciate. What is it? It is the product, as I say, I must reiterate, of our environment. Love is based upon what we have known. 
And that is why when you look at the text all the way back through the Bible, it'll go back and it'll start at the beginning and say, train up a child the way he should go when he's old and shall not depart. That is not some type of idea that's just put in there, words to just fill a page. Sometimes it seems that the Bible is a bunch of scribble-scrabble. The Bible, in reading it, is compared to the famous teacher in Charlie Brown. Some of you are getting ready to partake in those wonderful experiences of Charlie Brown. You might have seen it on your TV screens for Thanksgiving. I don't know if they still play those programs or not. Charlie Brown had wonderful teachers. He never understood what she was saying. And to some degree, the Bible makes a correlating, a connecting, a relatable link to that. All these are wonderful words. But is it possible, as we talked about on Sunday, that somewhere along the line some things were, were gotten wrong? Is it possible that society has defined love that made the criteria for it? Because I don't know of anyone who's going to sacrifice their son, their only begotten son. As a matter of fact, there's only two times in the scripture that I can recall, possibly three. that of, a, of significance. There was one time over in Genesis when God gave Abraham a son named Isaac. And I say three because this was not in the same instance. God asked I, uh, Abraham, excuse me, thank you, to present Isaac back to him. I, Abraham didn't offer it. He just did what he was told. So by technicality, we'll add that as one. Then you have Sister Hannah who wanted a baby so bad. Everybody else had children, which brings up another piece of business because did she really want a child because she wanted a child or did she want a child because she could not bear to look at herself. She could not bear to face society. We have been struggling with society since the beginning of time. Society says I have to have a brick-long house. Society says I have to have a couple of degrees and, and some regencies and, and some fellowships and, and some communications, and, and I have to be a part of a certain uh, organization, a certain religious community. Society says that I have to speak in a certain way, and, and if I do not roll my R's properly and, and cross my T's and, and dot them with emphasis, then, then I am not properly enunciating the English language. Society says that I have to get up at 8 o'clock and go to bed at 3.30. Society says. Society, society, society has ran us into the ground. 
And it's because of that that when we can no longer keep up with society, mm. when our bodies reach a certain level that will not compete, that will not level to society's standards, it causes us to, to have a little bit of depression. Some of us are feeling some type of way because we may not operate like we once did. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It means something wrong with society. Because society has not recognized that all people are created and God does not waste time nor does he waste breath. And as long as you're breathing, you have time and there's something left in you. And so even though you do not fit inside of the, the business plan, of society does not mean you do not fit in the plan of God. So Hannah brings me to that question. I have to deal with that at another time now that I didn't thought about it. There's a lot more bad that I'm going to have to tuck away for a minute. We'll get back to it later. Stay with us. Hannah gave her son Solomon up. It was a thing that it was more of a bargaining chip, an agreement. God, if you do it, I just want to say I have a son. That's all I want to say. Just let it be on the record that I got this. I don't have to raise it. I don't have to see it anymore. I don't have to go to his graduation. I don't have to be a part of his life. I don't have to have anything to do with his decisions. I don't even have to have anything to do with his career choices. He don't even have to live or die. All I need to do is push him out. And if I can handle that, if if I can have that one, one thing, you can do what you want. As I said, that's the one time of record. But then you got God here who decided to give his son. There's a song that, a couple songs now that I think about it, one of them that may speak closer to your generation. Little lady said, what's love got to do with it? Because love is confusing. And then there is the question that many ask, if only subconsciously. Because I can guarantee you that if this had happened at this point in time, if if somebody had heard, if Jesus had come down and said in 2021, can you, no, no, let let me not state it. Let me ask you. Can you imagine Jesus had to come down in 2021, and he would have said, I'm here to die at the the will of my father. One of them little Democrats or Republicans, I don't remember which side that would be on at this point, don't really care. But they would have tried to put Jesus on trial and God with it. Child abuse. God is neglecting his son. You cannot do this. This is not right. No, 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 no. What is love? 
because I don't understand it. There is the great question, and one that I'm glad that at least one of us was able to admit. I don't understand it. I don't understand love. And I'm not trying to say nobody did a bad job. There's a lot of people who did a good job. You did the best of what you had. Please do not put yourself down. Do not hold your head down. As I say, I don't come here to be condemning. As a matter of fact, if you go down there right under 16 and said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, ain't got time to be condemning. I'm here for therapy. Sometimes therapy is a little hard, but at the end of the day, when you really sit down and peel back the onion and get to the allergic and do section, you will find it's very invigorating. Very freeing. Because now you know what the problem is and you know how to correct it. How many can really say that they have in their life been loved? How many can really say that they have felt the power of love? Or have we just held together very nicely? Well, you go over and I don't have time to deal very quickly. I don't have time to deal with chapter 13 of Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast. Love does not... All those, all those, those commandments, if you will, the love commandments. You have the ten, and then you have the love. They're the commandments. If you, if you love, you won't do these things. True. But love has gotten angry in our world. Oh, Jesus. Love is condemned in our world. Love is boastful and proudful in our world. Love has made people cry in our world. And then they have the mitigated gall, the, the ovarian audacity to say love is pain. If it don't hurt, it ain't love. Who didn't lie to you? But I know, because the God of this world has orchestrated everything that many have felt about themselves. Notice I didn't say the God of the world, I said the God of this world. The God of society. A bunch of folks who operate and feel a certain way. I was talking yesterday and made my friend angry, and I'm going to get with you as we prepare to close. Brother Dennis, if you please. I was talking to my friend yesterday who is a very, very passionate Dallas Cowboys fan. Very, very passionate. 
And to some degree, I feel as though I made him angry, Mama Bell. I really do. Because he said the Dallas Cowboys is America's team. I hear that. It's my team. Uh-oh. Hold on tight. We might have an angry number two. <laughs> oh, Lord, I versus. <laughs> and we were talking yesterday during our, our conversation which I'll have to deal with a little bit later. Brother Dennis, we're definitely going to talk about this because there was a a problem that we were dealing with or a conversation we were having. Uh, National Today is a thing we like to go through and look at all the different holidays and things that you celebrate. Some of you know about that. And on National Today, the the 19 November, we celebrated National Men's Day and it's it talks about the promoting and understanding and how uh, the male role or the male idea has been tainted and different things like that. And, 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 and the, the, I, I, I don't know why I started that because I can't really justify it. I'm trying to get to this point why my friend got angry. But I was trying to show that because of the lack of understanding of maleness, most of our men have buried themselves in sports. One statistics say about 97% of men die in sports because they have no other reason to live. They're not validated in any other way, so they bury themselves in, in Sunday and Saturday. Between August and February, They have life. They can breathe because the thing that gives them validation is there. And my friend felt that way about his Dallas Cowboys. And I asked him, I said, who, I I, I don't know why I did this, but, you know, sometimes I just like to think things through, and it it can be to my detriment. And so I I, I hope that we don't end this conversation well, because, Mama Bell, you play so beautifully, and I like you, but I might have to ask you a question that, that might rub your goose the wrong way. But who decided that the Dallas Cowboys was America's team? I don't know that. <laughs> I asked him, did America vote? No, I know. See, I don't agree with that. Don't agree. Was it on a ballot? It's 330-some million people who call America home. 330-some million people who have citizens there. I was trying to get, I was trying to make up a nice pretty word. Citizens area. I ain't doing justice. It worked. It sound better in my head. We got rights. And he said, well, everybody don't want the president. That don't, that, that, that's not what I asked you. Who decided? And so I went because I needed to, to really understand this, and I found out that the, the Coin America team started in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The steel country, 
Those people are the reason why I made the statement I made first about men. They've been through a depression, the Pittsburgh people. They've been through breakdown, the Pittsburgh people. They've had high jobs. They've had low jobs. They've been on the bread line. They've been in succession. They've been through all sorts. And no matter where the tide of the pendulum has swung, the Pittsburgh Steelers has been the the leveling of a rocking ship. And they went to the owners of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a group of five individuals, and they said, "We watch what I'm getting ready to say. We have decided that y'all should be America's team. Hmm. The Pittsburgh Steelers, said, no, we don't want to be America's team because as far as I'm concerned, we haven't done anything for America. But we have done something for Pittsburgh. We have pulled them out of depression. We have pulled them out of recession. We have pulled them out of every type of issue. We have been the, the anchor to a very wretched ship ride, and we want to be Pittsburgh's team. And so these individuals left and took that moniker in 1978 and gave it to Dallas. And from there, we get America's team. And I asked my friend, I said, when someone comes in off a ship from another location, another place in the world, and they ask about, this game called football, and they say, oh, Dallas is America's team. Who decided that? Five people? My point as I get ready to close. How many things have we operated on? How many decisions have we made? How many life choices have we walked into based upon the decision of five people? Five folks have said you're supposed to dress your children with bonnets and, and dresses that go down to their knees. Okay, that's what we're going to do. That's society. That, that's, that's, that's classic. I look at the children now, and they come out to school, and, and some of you have seen them, and they got the pants with the holes in them. They got holes all in their pants, holes all in their shirts, holes in their heads. If I had went to school with holes, they'd have suspended me. Because society then didn't approve of it. But now it's okay. So how do you operate in a world that a group of people can decide what the pendulum is. And so, because of all that, because of the confusion, because of the lack of understanding, because of the hurt, because of all that was entailed, all the problems that ensued, God so loved the world. that he sent his son to clean it up. Mm. 
He sent his only son because none of us could do it. Abraham couldn't do it. Moses couldn't do it. Enoch was the only good choice, but even he was human. He couldn't do it. So he sent one person that had the credentials. Yes, Thank you. To clean up the mess society has made. And because of that, we no longer have to conform to the ideals of society, but be transformed by the blood of our risen Savior. I got to deal with that a little bit more as we get into Christmas, but I just want to ask you a question today. I hope that in some cases, at least we've had an opportunity to think about what is love, what does it mean, and what is the significance of it. I hope that question was asked. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth on him shall not suffer from the stupidities of this world, shall not suffer from the depressions of ideals of this world, shall not suffer from the ignorances and the confusion, but shall live not just with eternal life, but with peace and the opportunity of a renewed mind. For God so loved the world. Brother Dennis. Good morning. I think, uh, you know, as Eric was talking, I thought about when I was little, and uh, you know, that's been at least six, seven years ago. But anyway, I was taught a song, and we've used it a couple of times, or more than a couple of times here on virtual. Jesus loves me. This I know. More than what? The Bible tells me so. If we start with that basis, we'll face whatever we may have in front of us. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. We just thank you that we know that Jesus loves us. We just ask you give us the strength to let other people know how much Jesus loves them and cares for them. No matter what the world brings us, you are in charge, and we understand that sometimes. Lord, we just ask you protect us. Give us the strength to be who you want us to be. Protect our families. Lift us up. You know what we're going through as individuals, as family, as in the corporate uh, church. Lord, we just ask you, give us. Give us that strength, that little extra push that we need to, to maybe get on our knees more and just thank you. Thank you for yourself as we prepare for his uh, celebration of his birth. Lord, just be with us. Bring us back Sunday with a smile on our face. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.